Hello and welcome to Charity Chat, the ACNC's podcast. My name is Matt Crichton and I'm from the ACNC's education team. In this episode, I spoke with ACNC Commissioner Dr Gary Johns about the latest edition of the Charities Report. We spoke about the state of the charity sector and then how data and information can help charities thrive. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Dr. Gary Johns. Thanks for another chat here on Charity Chat, the ACNC's podcast. Thanks indeed, Matt. Uh, Look forward to your questions. Well, I did want to speak to you today about the recent release of the Charities Report, the Australian Charities Report. This is the seventh edition that we've released. It is now available. And I, I suppose, firstly, for people who aren't familiar with it or haven't come across it before, it is, I suppose, a de facto census of the charity sector. It is annual and it gives us an insight into the state of the sector and, and how things are going amongst charities. In particular, this one is interesting because of its timing. It tracks the sector just before the COVID-19 pandemic hit and gives us a good view of how things were before the widespread economic and social effects that, that came about with the pandemic throughout 2020. Is there something we can learn about the sector, given that, you know, we get this snapshot in time before everything sort of went upside down in 2020? Yes, it is the definitive measure of what occurred in 2019. So it predates COVID-19. And it does tell us that the sector was doing rather well up until that time. So we can make our judgments about the impact of covid only after we read the seventh charities report, if you like. So let's have a good look at 2019 and explore that. And then for those who want to see how COVID impacted the sector, uh, they do well to use our report as a baseline uh, and then to see just how it's affected. And it's a very good series, you know, because... It is our census. Uh, it's now the seventh edition. So we, we have a lot of information about how the sector operates, how it's faring, and its particular interest, this seventh edition, will be, as you say, to give us a baseline and insight as to how the sector fared last year during covid And just briefly, what was the state of the sector, given the information we received um, from charities in their 2019 statements and all the financial information and whatnot that was provided in there? What was that snapshot of the sector as described in this seventh edition of the Charities Report? Well, the the main message is one of growth. The, The charity revenue grew by nearly 7% in that 2019 reporting period, which is a lot faster than the growth in the Australian economy overall. Uh, So the revenue was $166 billion, which is an increase of just more than $10 billion. So um, that's a very strong result. Charity assets are up. Charity donations are up. Uh, Charity support from government is up. And that includes the revenue that the sector receives from goods and services. Um, As you know, a lot of charities deliver uh, services in particular and charge for it, but they may Mm. well charge half of government. They may be delivering 
uh, a government program, which is perfectly good and proper. But there you go. From from all aspects, uh, the sector really did grow very well. And of course, it employs almost 11% of the workforce. Uh, nearly 1.4 million people are employed by charities, uh, and a lot of charity money goes on employee expenses. Again, perfectly reasonable and proper that uh, charities should do that because at the end of the day, they have to deliver on their purpose. And if that means you should hire someone to help you to do it, well, so be it. Yeah, that's an important point, I think, about who well, firstly employees and secondly about goods and services revenue, because I think it would be a surprising finding for many people reading this report if it's, for instance, their first in-depth interaction with the charity sector, because there is a, a widespread understanding, or, or maybe we refer to it as a misunderstanding, that charities should be operating on zero employee expenses and, and shouldn't be spending any money in that regard. But as you say, it's proper and in many respects necessary for a charity to spend on employees and also make some money from, say, goods and services that acts as a regular funding stream to be able to fund further charitable purposes or further activities or programs they do in, in the years that follow. Yes, well, charities are for-purpose organisations. And when we talk about them being a not-for-profit, that means that those excess monies, profits, if you like, can't be distributed to others. All the monies have to be used for the charitable purpose. So there's nothing wrong with charities. Well, charging fees for services or goods they deliver, the market will determine whether they're charging too, too little or too much in a sense. But as long as whatever is made is returned to the purpose, then that's perfectly legitimate and we do want our charities to of course uh, stay afloat you know, if they go out of business no one's getting helped by that other thing too is that uh, the charity sector really is sectors uh, very large charities at the top end which are big businesses in the sense of how they operate but about half of the charities in our sector operate without any paid staff. So they're probably, in the public mind, the common charity. They operate on the basis of volunteer work, and, and, and we applaud that, of course. But, you know, there's the top end as well who um, have grown over decades into big and sophisticated organisations but nevertheless deliver a charitable purpose. Well, we hope they do, otherwise they shouldn't be on the mm -hmm. register. They are delivering on a charitable purpose. How they deliver it, of course, has changed enormously over the years. They are more uh, professional, dare I say, sophisticated, perhaps commercial in outlook, but any monies they make must be devoted to the charitable purpose. Uh, and that's all for the good of the beneficiaries, which is really what this is all about. Just Back to the report briefly, I suppose for someone who isn't familiar with the sector and certainly not this annual census of the sector that the Charities Commission does publish, what's in it for someone who is looking to find something out about the charity sector? What, what does this report provide to, to that person? Well, more so than in 
earlier years, we were able to delve into about 13 different, if you like, subsectors of the, of, of the charity market, meaning we'd break our information down into, you know, environment charities, health charities, education charities, and so on. And we get a sense of, of the size and income and the numbers employed in each of those sectors. So there's a lot of detailed information. Um, so if you have an interest in just one part of the charitable sector, then you can uh, find out a great deal about it. We're also trying to expand our remit a bit here. We're trying to look at the new charities coming on with the register and those coming off the register to see if their characteristics are a little different. I mean, is it just the younger charities who are going off the register? And if so, is that an issue for researchers and, and charities? Is it only older charities are going off register or, or is it indeed those who only lasted a few years? So we're trying to get a little bit of insight into the dynamic. Who's coming in? Who's going out? What sort of charities are they? What are their intentions? And we'll build that up over the years. That'll become stronger in time as, as we you know get into our eighth and ninth and, and subsequent uh, reports. And importantly, of course, the data exists as an accessible tool with which people can play with, manipulate, have a look at to come up with their own, I suppose, conclusions or insights into the sector. And that's available to everyone on the website too. Yes. Uh, we receive millions, literally millions of hits on our website, uh, millions of searches of the register. And we anticipate you know, quite a lot of interest in the charity's report, uh, not in the millions perhaps, but it's there. The, the information which we gather by law from charities should be used. We, we try to make it as accessible as possible. And we know there's interest there. It's a matter of people delving in, having a look, and more and more, this is in addition to the charity's report, but more and more we're trying to produce information for anyone who wants to establish a charity. Have a look at what's already in the marketplace, is my message. Have a look at who's doing work now that you may want to assist with, may want to build on, uh, may want to learn from. Maybe your idea is not that new, someone else has tried it. Uh, if so, maybe you can find them on our website and go and talk to them. We, we really see ourselves uh, not as the font of all wisdom, but font of the wisdom held by the sector right so if we can make connections for you when you come to our website and then find something that's useful perhaps um, perhaps take that extra step go and talk to the charity itself if you want to learn more about what they're doing we think we think that's a powerful role we can play and i suppose broadly speaking as as a society we're using more data to understand more about the way we do things, um, the ways in which we can improve the things that we do. Do you think having this data available and, and having more data available to more people will have positive knock-on effects, will, will help the charity sector in the long term? It, it will, um, but there are two sorts of data, if you like. Often this report over the years has been used at a, what I call look at me. You know, the sector's big. There's lots of money flowing through it. Um, you know, we're doing good work. But who are they convincing? 
Well, the sector already knows that. They're out there doing it. I suspect it's a message to government to say, you know, don't forget us. That's okay, but there's a second element. That is, can a person who wants to help a charity, whether it's to establish one or wants to help some beneficiaries, will it help them to set up a charity or help a charity or learn new ideas? So it's that second bit of uh, use of data that we're really concentrating on. Uh, not the look at me stuff, it's the can I, can I do better at what I want to do, at what I want to achieve for a charitable purpose. Now, that's the second bit, and that's where we're providing more and more information about what the sector does, for whom it does it, and where it does it. And if I might, Matt, get onto my favourite topic, that is we have asked charities to tell us in the 2020 AIDS what their programs are, who yep. they're doing them for, and where they deliver them. Now, we've already, we're seeing the uh, returns coming in now and, and it's been terrific. Charities are telling us that they have more than the one activity. They have a number of programs. They may run them for different people and they may run them in different areas. So in October this year, we will be ready for any individual to come to our website Without knowing the name of the charity, they'll be able to type in words that describe their charitable interests and perhaps where they'd like to help or where that interest might lead them physically, geographically, and they'll get a drop-down list of programs. Now, this is the data that's crucial. This is the data that will help people, millions of people, make up their own mind about where they want to help, who they want to help, and how they can help. So this is this is going to be really powerful data. Right. I suppose just one final question then on that before we wrap up. A message for charities then in this would be that there is an opportunity now to be able to speak to the potential supporters, donors, the public about the programs that they run with a view to having the charity register act as a sort of conduit for them, a, a web presence that allows people to find them and contribute to their work in a variety of ways. So if you're in a charity filling in the annual information statement, I suppose you're saying it's really in the charity's interest to provide as much detail about the programs, including the locations of the programs that they run, so that it works for them in the future. Yeah. Quite right. Um, in fact, I'll make the point that if you're sitting in your committee, a uh, responsible person on the committee, can you make sure you all fill out the annual information statement? And I come across cases where, you know, typically the, the secretary fills out the AIS and they really didn't fill it out very well. They put in one program and, in fact, the, the charity might have run three or four and this was embarrassing. So I think it's the responsibility of the entire committee to sit down and, and fill out the AIS because they should know all of the business of the charity that they're running and responsible for. So make it a responsibility of the entire committee to fill out the AIS and, and kick it around. You know, it, it, you could describe that you have two, but perhaps you have three programs or perhaps there's a sub-program. It's up to you. You name it. What is the best way to illustrate to a very large public 
what it is you do. And if you find that you have perhaps three different programs that you could enter into the register using this taxonomy of, of keywords, then do it. You'll never find this stuff on Google. It has to be entered into. It's got to be part of your thinking. Enter the programs into our system. It goes onto the register and those, those millions of hits we get on the search of the register, we're up to about four million a year, we'll be able to find your charity, not knowing your name, they'll find you by what you do. And by the way, that's what the Act tells me to do. I am to inform the public of the work of the sector. So that's what we're delivering on through our charity marketplace, hopefully coming to you in October. Yes, and in the meantime, another way in which you and the ACNC is informing the sector is through the charities report. So if people do want to have a look at what the charity was up, the charity sector, sorry, was up to collectively in the 2019 reporting period, the most recent census, if you like, of the charity sector, then please have a look at the report on our website. And also have a look at the data available in the interactive data set. Play around with it, see what you can find about the charity sector yourself. You might find some fascinating insights. Okay, thanks very much for your time today, Gary. It's been a pleasure again, and we look forward to the information populating the Enhanced Charity Register later in this year, and also to see what that then does for the charities report in, in coming years. Thanks indeed, Matt. For more episodes of Charity Chat, as well as useful resources such as guides, fact sheets and webinars, visit acnc.gov.au. And don't forget to subscribe to Charity Chat wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.